This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome one and all to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. He's Anthony Pusick. I'm Don LaGreca. What's going on, buddy? What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. I am in the presence of greatness. (laughs) It has been a banner day for Don LaGreca. If you haven't seen it, listen to it. Check out the ENN podcast. Check out the show yesterday, the Michael K. Show. Check out our Instagram, the 98.7 Instagram, 98.7 Twitter, Don LaGreca. Fit an entire pizza box into a two-liter bottle of soda, culminating in an amazing 15-minute finale on ENN last night. And I think his hands are still gnarled from all the ripping and tearing. It was unbelievable to be a part of. It might be the greatest thing that we've ever accomplished on the show. It really was good. And I am proud of you, Don. I really am. Uh, Listen, I'm proud of everybody that made it so special. Um, it was a lot of fun. A lot of people approached me at the Garden last night when I was there for the Canadians <laughs> yes. games. I, I can't believe uh, you did that, and it was a lot of fun. And I, I wasn't expecting it to be what it was. There was a lot that I, like, was – first of all, I thought I would easily do it. And when you look at it, I think I could have – it ended up being easy because – there is a lot of give to that cardboard, so I think I could have put a little bit more in. So it wasn't as close as it might have looked like, but it was still, there were a few, few nervous moments. It wasn't quite as easy as I thought it was going to be, and how time-consuming it was. Oh, my goodness. We started at the beginning of the show at 3 o'clock, and it went to three to, to uh, 6.14. I was afraid we'd run out of time and might have to continue it today, but uh, just I heard a, Dave a was locked in. Stuff. I heard Dave watched every second of it. Dave who? Maloney. No, he didn't. well, if he did, he didn't tell me. Now, Dave LaGreca, I did. We did tweet out to him. Did this really? Not that we didn't believe you, Don, but it was nice to get confirmation from the other LaGreca. Did this really happen every Friday? And Dave emphatically tweeted, "Yes, yes." So this, right. I mean, I, I hope he, I hope he saw. Very exciting, yeah. great stuff. And then, not that Don's day was done after conquering the world. He had to do the pre and post on a very interesting Rangers Canadians game. Yeah, this was. Um, I guess it's a good place to start. Uh, it, it was sloppy. It was ugly. They win the game seven to four. Their sixth consecutive win. Kreider gets a hat trick. Big night for Adam Fox. And, and how about this? I don't know if you thought the same thing. So there's a bunch of stats. Uh, he's now tied eighth all time with Adam Graves for most multi uh, goal games. I'm talking about Chris Kreider. Uh, he's now, I believe, a third all-time by himself in goals at home at 152. He's got uh, 292 goals. We already know he's all alone in third place for that. But Adam Fox becomes the fourth American defenseman to start his career with five straight years of 40 or more points. And I'm like, oh, that's 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 pretty cool. And I'm in the post-game show, and I'm like, well, the other three – in case you don't know, Bill Housley, Mark Howe, and Gary Suter. And I mistakenly said, hey, that's not bad company, three Hall of Famers. I went back to just confirm Housley was a Hall of Famer. I knew Mark Howe was. I was surprised that Gary Suter's not in the Hall of Fame. That is surprising. I, and I, I, listen, he's he had uh, multiple All-Star games. He was a can- he never won a Norris Trophy, but he was in the top ten like several times for that. Won a Stanley Cup in Calgary in 1989. Um, he did have some injuries later on in his career, but his first seven eight seasons were just uh, spectacular. Great two way defenseman, great offensive guy. I'm I'm, I'm a little surprised. I, I I think he's better than Mark Howe. Mark Howe was a bit of a compiler, but he finished with more points than Mark Howe. Uh, Mark Howe never had a Stanley Cup. He did have a couple of uh, championships in the in the World Hockey League. 
So I was just I I misspoke in the post game. So I apologize. I I really thought they all three were in the Hall of Fame, but it just shows you how good Adam Fox has been. But the ugliness came in the first period when Blake Wheeler goes down, leg folds underneath him. Uh, wasn't didn't look as bad as the Sergachev injury against Tampa last week, but it did have that kind of capo caco uh, feel to it. And Kako was out for an extended period of time. Um, all we got was lower body injury, which, let's face it, it's a joke. Everybody knew that it was his right leg. He could put no pressure on it. Um, as of this recording, we didn't get any kind of official announcement, but it just it was ominous in the postgame show. He's 38 years old. He came here to just try to get one more kick of the can here. Uh, they already needed a right winger to begin with, Anthony, and now if he's done for the year, they they it's almost a moral imperative now that they go out and get somebody. You know, Matt Rempe has been called up, so yes. at, at the very least, uh, Wheeler certainly won't be playing on on Saturday, and I think we could all obviously uh, have seen that from how just devastating that injury looked, not only on the ice, but then to him. I mean, it, it was it was it was pretty, and it, you could actually see the Rangers. It wasn't that they had a great first period to begin with, but they were pretty shaken up, very similar to the way the Lightning were when Sergachev was uh, reverse hit by yeah. Lafreniere, where it was kind of just a shell shock to see that. Um, the interesting thing that I thought that came out of that Don was that uh, Jimmy Vc was taking first line minutes yeah. with Kreider and Zibanejad, and of course Vc played very well in the fourth line this year um, and it seems like the way the third line's been rolling and of course Don I bet with some bonus money thank you Gronk for missing your kick when Laviolette when La Violette was saying oh you know what I, I really like the third line we're going to get them some more minutes I'm like you know what I'm going to bet one of the third liners to score I'm going to go with Johnny Brudzinski well every other third liner last night scored but Johnny Brudzinski <laughs> but, in a game where yeah. everybody scored anyway uh, that's just my my personal pain uh, but no look it looks like Jimmy VC will possibly be up on that first line against the Icelanders uh, at MetLife in the refrigerator air conditioner whatever you want to call it on Saturday uh, Rempe will probably Sunday. find his way into the line Sunday listen to me I don't know what I'm talking about. Who am I? Uh, and then you've got, um, and then you probably have Rempe with Goudreau and Enstrom or some combination of those guys right. uh, uh, playing on that fourth line. Uh, but yes, the need for a winger now, even more imperative because as good as Jimmy Vc has played, you cannot go into a playoff series where Jimmy Vc is yeah. your top six right winger. It just, now, Brazil not... was called up yesterday as well. He's got more NHL experience than the other guys do. Uh, played with Montreal. I think it was like 40-something games spread over three seasons. But, yeah, they're going to have to go out and get somebody for sure. Because, I, again, I'm not a doctor, but just seeing that, seeing the reaction, um, I had a chance to talk to Jimmy VC as a, the walk-off after the game, and he said they weren't playing well to begin with before the injury, uh, but certainly it didn't help matters much to see him go down. He's such a well-liked guy. Um, but you also, he said, sometimes you get fired up, you know, to try to play for them, and, and they certainly did that, you know, putting up the touchdown against just a bad defensive Montreal team. They just, uh, just not impressive there. But um, I think VC makes perfect sense on that first line because he can play a little with a little snarl, open things up for Kreider and Zabanajad. He's got a little bit of a scoring touch. Um, I do like that. I don't think it's a long term answer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I think they're really going to have to be hell-bent now on going out and getting a right winger uh, sooner than later. So we'll see if that um, if that ends up uh, transpiring. You see that? Uh, did you see the mask, Don? That Quick's going to don yeah. on the bench. And that's pretty cool. A lot of Giants. Uh, a lot of Giants ties in there. 
I'm really fired up about this. We're going to have Gary Bettman, if you're, depending on when you're listening to the podcast, Gary Bettman's going to be on the Michael K. Show today at 4 o'clock. Sure is. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be doing the pre and post. Kenny and Dave will be on the call Sunday on 98.7 ESPN New York. But, you know, I went to MetLife to pick up my credentials, saw Chris King, uh, voice of the New York Islanders. 10.50, we'll have the uh, Islander broadcast if you're an Islanders fan. And uh, I'm just, I'm just, I think it's fun. It's, it's going to be a fun atmosphere. Um, I don't know how excited the players seem excited. The organizations would be like, you know, listen, it's late in the season here, and we've got all this pomp and circumstance. But it could be a jumping-off point. It really can um, for teams like the Devils and the Islanders, who are kind of kind of stuck in neutral here. That a team that loss. definitely needs a jumping-off point, Don. After last night, yeah, that was a bad loss against the Los Angeles Kings. Give up a byfield power play goal late, and the whole Jack Hughes and people come to see me play. It's <laughs> just. Very out of character for him, but I just think it just shows you the stress that the Devils are under to get points, and and they missed an opportunity. Detroit lost in Vancouver last night, so they could have gained two points on the Red Wings. Um, so that's that's a tough loss, considering what happened to the Kings the last time they played, getting destroyed in Buffalo by the Sabers on Tuesday. So that was just a, an odd loss to Foley scores against his old team and all that, but. Um, but I'm looking forward to the weekend. Um, Flyers had a tough loss last night, although they did earn a point. But what a night for Austin Matthews. Natural hat trick for him as he leads the National Hockey League with uh, 45 goals. Pretty amazing. But and they still job. made it difficult. And, no, listen, and, and Konecki scores late to tie it. Can't believe he's got 26 goals. Yeah, and how about Lander that, huh? wins it in overtime. So um, the Flyers don't seem to be going away. No, they're not going away. We thought that Carter Hart was going to be an issue for them. And look, they're 4-5-1 and one in their last 10. It's not exactly like they, they've really overly impressed. But you have to give them credit for sticking around. And the offense has kind of carried them a little bit here uh, to keep them where they are. Uh, keeping the Devils at bay, keeping the Islanders at bay, who uh, have not really uh, benefited from the WAS um, hiring just yet. Uh, they had to do a bunch of bag skates a couple days ago, Don. I'm sure you saw that. Yeah. Um, and they're holding their own, and uh, you know I know that the Hurricanes have three games in hand on them, but they're right there with with the Hurricanes at sixty five points. Um, so they're not going to go quietly into that good night, as we like to say. You know, to be able to even come back in that game, Don, I think is pretty impressive because a natural hat trick from Austin Matthews, that line firing on all cylinders. You don't have your best goalie in Carter Hart. Um, a team can fold at that point and say, you know what, let's just make it to. Uh, We'll make it to Saturday. We'll play the Devils in MetLife, and, uh, and and we'll see where it goes. But they are able to, and that's the thing about Torts teams. They don't usually quit. Um, they fight hard. They play hard, no matter what the score is. Yeah, and they sometimes find a way. Night. And they and they some and they somehow find a way. Um, so impressive performance by Matthews. Impressive by the Flyers to come back and to even get a point out of that game. Um, not necessarily uh, folding as we thought they would. I was on the drop uh, yesterday. That's right. Uh, Greg Wasinski and Ardo Cal's podcast. Yeah, go f- go listen to that one. It was uh, I saw they launched it this morning, so yeah, definitely check it out. And um, he was t- talking about like he believes Philadelphia is going to make the playoffs and hold on. I was a little bit more dubious, but playoffs reasoning... I can see top three though in the division. Well, I I, I don't know. I mean, listen, they they're they're finding a way here, and then you know Torts is going to get the best out of the player. That that was that was what Greg was saying is that the Torts is going to find a way to just get the most out of all those players yeah but who's going to drop out i think detroit certainly can drop out i don't see toronto dropping out like from a wild card standpoint but yeah philadelphia i don't think is going to finish in the top three but who's going to replace them are the devils going to get hot are the islanders going to get hot um i think it's just going to be a race right down to the wire to see who ends up getting it the other topic of conversation was the devils getting a goaltender and we speculated about soros after what barry trotz had said 
Greg was saying that Markstrom seems to be on the table. So if you're well if you're, after last night, after last night getting doubled up at home by the Sharks. Now Markstrom didn't play. Wolf did so, but that's a bad loss for the Flames. Now that's what you got to root for. I really do believe, and he bought into my conspiracy theory that the reason that that Devil Flyer potential trade folded was because the Flames got hot. But now the Flames have kind of cooled off just a little bit, and that's a bad loss at home to San Jose. So the Devils can end up uh, getting the goaltender, although last night's loss had nothing to do with goaltending or defense. They just couldn't score. But that's going to happen. So uh, let, let's see what ends up uh, taking place there. So ch- check check that out. It was, it was fun to talk to him, kind of promoted the stadium series and all that. So check that out. He didn't like Soros thinks that he's having a really bad year and then boy what happened later on that day when he gets shelled giving up four goals early and he gets pulled in that 9-2 loss at home to Dallas yeah that's quite the uh for a Stars team on a three-game win streak that is quite the emphatic statement 8-1-1 in their last 10 um and yes look I'm not going to say that I wouldn't if I'm a devil fan would I say oh well now I don't want UC Soros um I I think overall you know you regress to the mean Soros is going to be fine but that is a pretty ugly game at home for for Nashville and boy Dallas just put a hurting on them. It was a nine two. You don't see a lot of nines in this league. No. Nine. That was that was something. No, that and that was early and often in that game. So he he said he would not give up uh Holtz in a deal for Soros. Just didn't really believe he, he said it was last year when Soros was, you know, in contention for for winning the Vesna trophy, but having a tough year this year. But it could just be, you know, maybe a change of scenery or something. But I do think between Soros and Markstrom, uh, the Devils were definitely be in a, a pretty good position to possibly uh, land. We got to give something there. up, Don. We were talking about it, right? Like I don't know, you know. And of course, I'll go listen to the drop a little bit further. But I, I don't know if Greg ended up giving you the options of what they could give up. But the Devils are going to have to give up something in order to get a goalie oh. of the caliber that is going to keep them not only in contention but make them make the playoffs. They're- well, I think he. I, listen, I, we didn't get that deep into the conversation, but. Uh, he doesn't believe they're a win now team, um, and, that's and I don't fair. think they're a win now team either. But I do think you want to kind of follow through the momentum of what they were able to accomplish last year, getting into the second round. I think it would kind of just be a bad optic to stick it, take a step back and miss the playoffs. But I do think it's a slow burn here. But because you have so many good young players, that you could you could sacrifice a couple of first round picks. In my opinion, uh, we'll see what Fitzgerald decides to do. It's not easy to grab a goaltender for sure. Um, especially um, of the status of a Soros and a Markstrom, without having to give till it hurts. And um, we'll see, especially with another year left on the contract for Nashville, uh, I would think you're going to have to give up something that hurts. You're not just going to be able to land these guys so willy-nilly like that. So we'll see. Pittsburgh wins in Chicago, no surprise there. Connor Bedard makes his return. That's a surprise. But the, yeah, but the story Sidney Crosby now has 30 goals on the season and we have talked about Pittsburgh before. I don't I, Anthony, I don't know where you land on this, you know, we, we've about the potential. They just have so many games in hand and they're 5 points back at Detroit. So we we're just talking about, you know, who could catch Philadelphia. You see Pittsburgh getting hot? I don't. I mean, look, I know Crosby's great. I just, this team, to me, it, it's not it, it's not the Penguins of old. I know there's a lot of old names on it, but to me, I, they've been a little too inconsistent. Right. I, I think there's another team that, that that's going to come up here for me um, that was on a really, really hot, hot streak. Um, that's a little too inconsistent for me to think that they're going to go anywhere, even if they do make the playoffs. I think it's certainly possible because Sidney Crosby is just that good. Uh, Malkin, Latang, Carlson, they have a core that's good enough for them with Jake Ginsel if he doesn't get traded, that 
is good enough to keep them in contention, but I just too many yeah. times where they kind of disappear. I don't necessarily love their goaltending. Um, they beat up on a Blackhawks team yesterday. Um, I get it. Trying to take a look at what their next game is. I, I think they, they do they play Saturday. It seems like everybody plays Saturday. No, they don't. Um, they play the Kings at home. Got to win that game. Kings are good on yeah. the road. Uh, um, I'd they, like to see them win that. If they get on a little bit of a, a toot here, uh, sure. Could they? Could they make the playoffs? Yes. Did they catch Philly? Especially with the way they're playing right now, I would say no. The only reason it's in the conversation is that they're 10 points back at Philadelphia, but they have four games in hand. That's not nothing. So if you don't believe in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh can get hot, that could be a team that can replace Philadelphia possibly in the top three or sneak into the wild card spot. We'll see. Um, but, you know, Sidney Crosby, just amazing. 30 goal season, uh, just having just a terrific, terrific I like season. the Devils' chances better. I like the Islanders' yeah. chances less than Pittsburgh. Probably. You're probably right. Um, Avalanche, they they got off the schneid the other night, but then they get doubled up by the Lightning 6-3. to It is a good back-and-forth game. Byram had a couple of goals, and then it kind of emptied out after that with the empty netter by Perbix. But a uh, nice night for Kucherov with a couple of goals. He now has 36 on the season. Stamco scores as well. 39 shots on goal for Tampa. So that was a nice win at home against the Avalanche, who are really trying to find their way here. Yeah, I mean, look, we talked about that the Lightning would struggle early in the season without Vasilevsky. They survived that. Um, they're not the team that they used to be. They're not that team that's going to, you know, crush you on any on any given night. Uh, but they do have that ability with Kucherov, who's one of the best players in hockey, could win the heart, quite frankly. Um, three-game win streak. That's a Avalanche team that's very, very good. We've said it, Don, that that, that Central's not really going to move in terms of the top three. We feel pretty good about Dallas, Colorado, and Winnipeg. Um, and that's a game that, if you're Colorado, you think you have a chance to win, uh, and they did not. Um, and pretty convincingly, I know, like you said, done a couple empty net goals at the end there, um, and it was back and forth for a little bit, but the Lightning did look like the better team for majority of that game. Uh, Kucherov helped in that regard. Yes. Um, and that's a pretty impressive win. And look, I could say all I want that this isn't the team of old for Tampa, do you want to face them in a seven-game series right off the bat in the first round of the playoffs? I would say probably not. No, absolutely not. Not with Vasilevsky and not with that firepower in the top six. And, um, you know, t- tough one for Edmonton. They were really never in this game. No. Good job out of the Blues uh, to get that victory. Cairo ha- has a big night. So the Blues just maintaining that playoff yeah. spot. And, you know, and it's, it's starting to become real that as much as we probably don't believe that much in them, like who's going to take it away? Is it Nashville? They're four points back. They just got crushed last night. Blues have a game in hand on them. Kraken is struggling. Kraken had a great win last night against Boston, but that's probably just a Bruins team that's sleepwalking a bit. Although be careful because Florida had the shutout against Buffalo. Buffalo goes from scoring seven goals to getting blanked. And now you look at Florida. They did, didn't they, Don? Yeah, and and they technically, because of the tiebreaker, have taken over possession of first place in the Atlantic Division. So Anthony was on that from the get-go. But um, so you know, just don't disregard the Kraken's win. It's saying, well, you know, Boston doesn't care. Well, they just cost them a, a chance at first place, and that game was at home. But I don't believe the Kraken are, are really all that good. But they're four points back. With, but St. Louis also has a game in hand on them. Yep. So uh, all these are teams are working at minus goal differential. So I don't know how good they really are. But, you know, good job by the Blues. And shut down the Oilers with a nice 6-3 win and uh, keep pace with the Kings in the in the race of the wild card. Well, you knew that the Oilers were going to come back down to earth eventually, Don. And I know that the Blues, as you said, are in a playoff spot right now. I don't 
I don't love them as a team in general. Can they make the playoffs? Sure, but that's not a team. Again, that's not the Stanley Cup team from years ago. That's not a team that's blown you away. They fired their coach earlier in the year. They clearly have their issues. The Oilers, look, they weren't going to win 30 games in a row. No team has done that ever. But to lose a game against the Blues, this this is where that stuff starts to creep in again, where it's just so hard to trust Edmonton. Because they go on that run, and it's amazing. And if they did that in the playoffs, they'd be Stanley Cup champions, and you'd kiss them goodbye. But then they can go on a run. And I'm not saying that they're struggling, but they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. You go on a stretch where, you know, you, you give up six goals a game, regardless of whether Dreisaitl and McDavid are finding the back of the net, you're not going to win many games. And again, that's a lack of depth on defense, yeah. a lack of uh, a lack of really solid goaltending. Skinner's been good, um, but is he going to be one of those top goalies? And it's been proven over the years you don't need a top goaltender to win the Stanley Cup. But it seems like almost everything has to go right for this Edmonton team, especially come playoff time. They get into a run like this where they lose a game 6-3 to a team they should probably beat. Right. That gives me a little hesitation uh, about their about their chances in it, when it comes to playing in the playoffs. And, you know, they got a tough run here because uh, they're going to be in Dallas tomorrow. So and Dallas is red. We just dropped hot, the nine spot, as you just mentioned. So you, you, there's no shame in losing to them, and now now all of a sudden you go into a a bit of a different direction. Triple header on ABC tomorrow starts with the Kings and the Bruins from Boston. That's great a job one. with the Stars and the Oilers because the Stars are great and get Connor McDavid some face time in the United States on ABC, and then it'll culminate into the uh, Devils and the Flyers. On um, the the winter that is going to um, be so cold stadium series. So that's nice, going to uh, be so cold. And a nice uh, yeah, and a nice triple header. And then you've got the three o'clock game between the Rangers and the Islanders on Sunday, also on ABC. So taking advantage of the NBA being off with the All Star break, and uh, obviously the All Star festivities are all on TNT. So getting a chance for ESPN and ABC to kind of focus on hockey here for the weekend with the stadium series and some other big games. And I'm a big advocate of getting the stars on national television. So I know, you know, you're always kind of hesitant to put the Canadian teams there, especially an Edmonton team. But if it's Connor McDavid on national television against a really good Dallas stars team, I think that could be a pretty sexy matchup and um, a couple of desperate teams playing in the stadium series that night. So yeah, they're expecting maybe a little bit of snow. Should be fun. Um, it's going to be a little upper 30s on Sunday afternoon for for the Rangers and the Islanders, but uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, we're getting late into the podcast, Anthony, so you know what time it is. It's Friday. You know, I, I you're going to be aggravated with me when I go oh, there, my. but you, you can't ignore they've got the longest current winning streak in the National Hockey League, and and that's the New York Rangers. I'm going to put them at five. Colorado's got to take a bit of a tumble here. Winnipeg as well. Uh, so I'm looking at what the Rangers have been able to accomplish going back before the All Star break, putting the seven spot up against the Senators to start the winning streak, and now they uh, get to six by putting up a seven spot against another uh, team up north in, in Montreal. You know, Kreider's been uh, playing, you know, gets the hat trick, Zabanajad, but there's other guys scoring besides the big four. Cooley's been doing well. Brodzinski has been scoring as well, so they're starting to get some offense other places. Adam Fox is warming up. Igor Shesterkin seems like he's back on the horse, so I've got the Rangers at number five. Not only do I I not hate it, Don. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I have the Rangers in, in the top five. There's a couple of reasons for that. One, I think they've righted the ship a little bit here. The things that got them out of the top five and why they were losing games have kind of corrected themselves a little bit. The goaltending has looked better. The defense has looked better. That third line with Brodzinski, Cooley, and Kako has developed a nice chemistry where, God, uh, heaven forbid, those 
other two lines aren't scoring. You do get something out of that third line. Uh, Laviolette said they're going to get more run. They did last night. They scored two goals. Um, and also just around them, not just that, I looked around and looked at where, where I wanted to go here, and there's a couple teams that I had in my top five that are out of my top five and guys that had to get moved in, and I looked at the Rangers and I said, you know what? They have the fifth most points. They're 7-2-1 in the last 10 on a six-game win streak. You have to give them some credit, and I've got them at number five. I am going to go with the Boston Bruins, probably the lowest they've been in the top five in quite a bit, but they're kind of in a little bit of a malaise, 5-4-1 and one in their last 10. Bad loss at home to a Kraken team that's in the midst of a long eastern swing. Uh, so they're still a, an amazing team. The goaltending has, has been terrific for them, as we know. Pasternak has been, you know, maybe scoring, uh, relying a little bit too much on him offensively. Uh, but I just couldn't put him in the top three the way I've been playing lately. So I've got the Boston Bruins at four. Lockstep with you, uh, Bruins at four. And keep in mind, everybody, Don is home doing this podcast. We have not talked about this. We just list our top five, but we're in lockstep for the first two. I agree with you. Boston is not as strong as the other three that I have ahead of them right now. Bad loss to the Kraken at home. So I have them in the top five, but they are at four. Oh, this was really, really tough for me. It was a face-off. It was a scrum for possession. And then I eventually land on who I'm going to give two to. So a little bit of a giveaway. I came up with Florida at three. The shutout last night. How about Stolarz? 45 saves. So they're getting terrific goaltending for Bobrovsky and Stolarz. And it's it's just been an amazing run for this team who's really starting to look like one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. I had to go between one and another that you'll hear at number two, so it was a really tough call, but I kind of settled on the Florida Panthers, who now are in first place in the Atlantic Division, as my number three. I kind of have a feeling where you're going here, Don. I'm going with the Dallas Stars at number three, and listen... You had to battle because you're an objective person. I have the Florida Panthers on a future to win the President's Trophy. So, as good as both of them have been, Dallas Stars, three-game win streak, 8-1-1, dominant win last night. They're at number three because I have to put the Florida Panthers at number two with their four-game win streak. They now lead the Atlantic. They're six points behind Vancouver with one game in hand for the President's Trophy. I could actually buy out my bet right now to make my money back. I'm sticking with it. I think Florida's going to win the President's Trophy. I think yeah. that they are better than Boston right now the way they're playing. I love everything about that team. They are number two for me, Florida Panthers. Yeah, it's really, it's really a, it was, it was a difficult call. I, I went with Dallas because they've scored more goals overall. Just one back of Florida in the goal differential, eight one and one as opposed to the eight and two over the last ten for Florida. Florida's got the four game winning streak. Dallas three, but one put up nine last night. One just put up four. Uh, you could have gone either way for all the reasons that we said. That's the first time we're not completely in lockstep, but I think we kind of are on the same page. So you've got Florida at two, I've got Dallas at two, and I think we're in complete agreement with who number one is. They just continue to improve, and yep. and, and you know Lindholm continues to contribute. They had they had two goals on their first four shots last <laughs> night against Detroit. Uh, what a ter- you know very underrated part of their game has just been how good at home they are. Nineteen. 
four and two. Not too shabby on the road either at 18, eight and four. All the reasons we've been saying for a long time. There's almost a Boston Bruins from last year feel to this Vancouver team where they're going to be number one a lot longer than anybody else will be in our top five all year long. Seven, one and two in their last 10. Three consecutive wins plus 61 goal differential is better than anybody else in the National Hockey League. The closest is Florida plus 43. So that's what I mean. They have that Boston Bruin feel where they're just so much better than everybody else. And is it possible, Anthony, that when it's all said and done, Phil Kessel gets another kick at the can at the cup? Is it possible they sign him to a minor league deal? Can you see him on this team before it's all said well, and done? Well, they certainly said that he needs some conditioning. No question about that. But you know what? It would be such an awesome story. Uh, Kessel just seems like a great locker room guy for anywhere he goes. Um, boy, to, to add another piece to this team that already has the offensive ability, and we know that Kessel's not going to be bringing the defense at this point in his career. Um, that would be amazing. Uh, I don't know. I don't see it. Maybe by the end of the year, and then if he's got his conditioning up, maybe he can make an impact in the playoffs. But boy, you just know that if he makes the roster, he's going to get one OT goal in one of these games in the playoffs for Vancouver. That that That's just like one of those storybook moments for a guy like Phil Kessel, who's already had an, a, a storied career. Don, this week coming up for them, for the Canucks, look, as the best team, and we both agree, um, they certainly do have a little, a couple of tests here. Uh, tomorrow, they face Winnipeg at home. Uh, the Wild, they should be able to beat in Minnesota. They play the Avalanche on the road, and then they play the Kraken at home, uh, who are trying to fight for their playoff lives. Uh, and then Bruins-Penguins the week after, um, at both at home. But this is a nice little six-game yeah. stretch here, where if they win five games... You know, they're separating themselves already in the Pacific. They're separating themselves from everybody in the league outside of maybe Boston and Florida. Um, this is a team that, like, as you said, clicking on all cylinders. I like Demko. I think he's good. Lindholm was an amazing addition. Um, this is a team that doesn't have a whole lot of holes. And if they don't make any moves, they've already made their big one with Lindholm. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're going to be just fine rolling with this roster. And I think that they'll at least make the Western Conference Final. And we'll see, because this could be where they can get complacent. They've got a 12-point lead sure. on Vegas for the division. Uh, from the President's Trophy standpoint, they've got a 6-point lead. So you don't want to get complacent. This team does not have a history of winning. So it's not like Boston that's kind of been there and done that over the years that can afford to be complacent. So I think they're going to be pedaled to the metal. We'll see if that ends up hurting them later on uh, in the playoffs. But I still think they feel like a reason to go out there and prove everybody wrong and Rutherford is always going to be aggressive at the deadline too so uh, Vancouver easily number one with the time we have remaining let's jump in on the social media Tim McHale says are New York Ranger fans done complaining the silver lining of that losing streak is that none of the other Metro teams caught up to them which says more about them than the Rangers excited for this weekend attending the outdoor games for my brother's birthday let's go Rangers and Listen, I think we hold the Rangers to a bit of a higher standard because of what the objective is. I do think there was a little bit of, you know, whining and complaining about Igor and all that, but I just think that they're they're dissected a little bit more, Anthony, because their window is starting to close and and I think just making the playoffs isn't enough. Just winning a couple of rounds isn't enough for this fan base anymore. And when you saw the way they struggled in the month of January, I think there were legitimate concerns. But you know now they've won six in a row, and there's still some things to work on. But I, I hear what Tim is saying, that you still should appreciate a team that after everything that they've been through through 54 games of the season, they're still in first place in the Metropolitan Division. 
Yeah, look, uh, to say that our Ranger fans are uncomplaining, I, I would say the people that were complaining about Igor were misguided in the sense that I thought eventually he was going to turn it around. Um, and look, Jonathan Quick, while he won last night, it wasn't exactly a pretty game, but that really didn't have anything to do with him and more to do with leaky defense in front of him and Montembeau for the Canadians for that matter. But... Um, I think there were reasons to complain. Uh, I don't. I think that you saw the defensive structure that got them, you know, out to the good start that they did, um, kind of go away uh, during that week stretch. Uh, Zibanejad and Kreider had a great game last night, but their line five on five has been very cold. You saw the holes in this team. You saw that there were places where they needed to improve, and you saw the mm. trade market kind of uh, drying up in terms of the top top pieces there. Um, I think the complaining can be done now because they're playing better. Uh, and yes, it's probably annoying for people that are fans of teams that are clawing for playoff spots to see a team that was in first place and has been in first place since basically October complain about the way they're playing. But I think it was warranted. And yes, I think the complaining can go away now. Now, uh, AZ Ranger says, why at the end of the game when all the Ranger players were greeting Jim Ramsey, did MSG Network refuse to show it or talk about it? It's honestly creepy and shady and a turnoff. I don't know. I, I wish I, I wish I could tell you that I was some kind of insider on this story. Obviously, there was a reason that he was let go. There is something going on there, and I honestly and truly do not know what it is, and I don't want to fuel any of the conspiracy theories out there. Clearly, for if anybody didn't uh, wasn't at the game, that's the only way you would have been able to see it. A lot of the players lined up uh, to embrace Jim Ramsey, the former trainer who had been there for three decades, and he en- ended up landing on his feet in Montreal in the same job. And really, the biggest was uh, Chris Kreider. gave him a really long embrace. If you're a member of the Rangers organization or if you're a fan of this team, you know the importance. He came on the year after they won the Cup in 94 and had been there up until last year. Don't know why there's been a parting of the ways. Obviously, they're in a way about it. No video tribute. Uh, MSG not showing the embraces after the game. Uh, But I can't even speculate as to why it's as deep as it is. Yeah, uh, I guess when Jim Ramsey writes his book, and he probably could because he's been a part of so many teams with so many stories, um, or when he's finally retired from the league, we'll hear this story eventually. Um, Obviously, something happened. uh, Not saying anything nefarious, good, bad, and different, we don't know. But obviously, there was a reason that they parted ways. and not not having a video tribute, seeing that there was embraces and not showing it on TV will only heighten those thoughts and speculations. Um, but we simply, as you said, Don, we just don't know. Um, but clearly, uh, guys on the team uh, felt a way to go see him and say hello. Um, so eventually, I'm sure that something will come out about it, or maybe there won't. Um, but yes, uh, very strange uh, to see Kevin Rooney get a tribute video, uh, and then Jim Ramsey, who's been a fabric on the Rangers organization for so long, not get one. But I'm sure that there's a reason. And I am announcer for MSG. Okay, I get paid. I don't get paid by the Rangers. I get paid by MSG. Um, but no one has ever said anything to me about not talking about it or anything so no I, I am not in the know we just don't I, know I, again i don't work on the television side so i don't know i can just tell you that things are very condensed at the end of games where you kind of go uh, to commercial and all that so i don't know if there was anything where they were told on television don't show it or it just happened that you know they they obviously show the three stars and then they go to break um so but but as a member of that broadcast crew nobody has ever said anything to me uh, to not talk about it, to not have um, to bring him up in the conversation, and um, I don't know. So that's uh, <laughs> that's where we stand with that. 
AYB says, seems like Lou is getting is going to stand pat at the deadline. At this point, hiring Wah hasn't given the spark needed. Why? Because it takes time. All right. I, I don't. I honestly don't think that the hiring of Patrick Wah, as spectacular as it was because of his name, was something that Lou was looking at as trying to add a spark. I think he want he respects Patrick Wah. He respects his hockey acumen, and he wanted something to change here. And it does take time. And they're gonna and hopefully they don't run out of road here because it's getting late in the season. But I don't think this was all. Let's spark it. Let's get it done. And if it doesn't work, we'll move on to another coach. I think he wants Patrick to work long term. So I, I I think he wants to make the playoffs. He said to us last Thursday at UBS he believes this is a playoff team. But it does take time to implement a style and a plan, and it doesn't happen overnight. But it does feel like that he might run out of road here. It's getting late early. It is, but again, Don, we had this conversation where we were questioning why a change wasn't made earlier, and we kind of thought that Lou may have looked at the team and said, maybe this team doesn't have what it takes, but you had him yet last week at UBS on the K-Show, and he was pretty positive that this team had a chance to make the playoffs. Um, It has not um, happened yet. Patrick Waugh obviously is a much different style of coach than Lane Lambert and even Barry Trotz. Uh, look at the bag skates that the Islanders did after some disappointing losses over the last week. Um, I, I always was of the belief that the roster wasn't good enough. And no matter what kind of coach you have, maybe you can coach them up and give them some different strategies and different formations on defense that will allow you to play better defensively. I just don't think they have the scoring. Uh, and if they're not going to make a deal to get another scorer or, or feel like it's worth doing because they may not get, make the playoffs even if they get another scorer, then yeah, maybe you bring in Wah and then it's a matter of, all right, now we're going to implement yeah. our full roster and full plan in the offseason. No, See what we can do with what we have here. Hopefully the coach is a spark. At the moment it's not, but it doesn't mean it's not going to solve itself or resolve itself. Now the teams you're battling with Philadelphia is there are they done there with the Drysdale deal? Uh, clearly the Devils are looking for a goaltender, so they they'll be improved if they get one. I'm not sure what Detroit's planning on doing, um, but you know uh, you got to think about all right. Here we are right now as presently constituted with our competition. If those teams make a deal and get better. We're going to have to try to do something to kind of keep up with the Joneses. A couple of good ones here before we get out of Dodge. Uh, Jimmy Berger says, which has been more of a surprise to you? A, Vancouver, Vancouver's uh, drastic improvement, or B, New Jersey's regression? Uh, I, I have to say it's Vancouver. I, I, I thought you know they had a spurt at the end of last season, but I, I didn't see them being this good, Anthony. So did I think the Devils would take a step back battling to just make the playoffs? No, but I didn't I don't think anybody had Vancouver as a president's trophy candidate at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I would agree, Don. Um I, I think everyone knew they had the offensive ability to be good, but it was gonna be kind of like an Edmonton. But the difference was they had a better goaltender. Everything seems to be clicking for this Vancouver team. They're one of the best teams in hockey and have been probably for the longest stretch of the season we could think of. Whereas everybody's kind of taken that dip where the Rangers have and Boston has and Florida has. It seems like even when Vancouver has gone on their little streaks, they get out of them pretty, pretty quickly. Um, JT Miller has been an unbelievable player for them. They have Lindholm now. Um, I think we all agreed, Don, while everybody said, oh, out of the Metro teams, the Devils had the best chance to make it to the Cup this year. We knew that if they didn't have the goaltending, it was going to be tough for them, um, and they were going to take a slide. And with the injuries, of course, that's a little less surprising to me that the Devils are struggling. I would also agree with you, Vancouver, more surprising. And uh, this is something that I planned on asking Gary on the K-Show later on today. 
Roger says, does the NHL have any plans to revisit the schedule makeup for teams? It seems like there are fewer rivalry games, and it's crazy that on Sunday it'll be the first time the Rangers play the Islanders since 2022. It's so true that the Rangers and Islanders' first game will be in game 55 uh, for the Rangers. i got to see what game it's going to be for the Islanders, but probably, uh, yeah, it's going to be their 54th game. I mean, to, to, to be in late February when you first play is 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 a joke to me. And also the fact that because you've added Vegas and Seattle to, to the schedule and you didn't add more games to the schedule, why take divisional games away to make up for the four games you got to play against Vegas and Seattle. That makes no sense to me. Take games away from the Atlantic or or maybe not travel to another Western team for one year. I know they're really high on, well, Connor McDavid's got to play in every building and Sidney Crosby's got to play in every building. I get that, but not at the expense of, you know, a Rangers, Islanders, maybe in, I think it was last year, only playing three times. It's bad enough it's only four times. Why take away divisional games it's it's ridiculous to me. Yeah, look, I mean, if you're going to want to do away with the divisions at some point anyway, and I don't know if there's any desire to do that, you kind of have the ability to say, yeah, play everybody. But if you're going to keep these divisions together and you know that there's going to be a lot of these rivalries, more often than not, fans and in general... Uh, just regular casual hockey fans are going to want to see teams play each other that, quite frankly, just don't like each other very much. It's more exciting. There's a better chance of there to be some aggression and some some high action. Um, I, I don't like that for a majority of the season you don't see the Rangers play the Islanders or well, the Devils or vice versa. Aren't they done with the Capitals already, Don? I think they yeah, played them. done like, with the Capitals. Right, Absolutely. so you don't they're see the Capitals ever the again. Capitals. And they've played them, like, they played them, it seemed like, four times in a month. Right, yeah. And, and, and listen, I'm all for the early divisional matchups and then the, and then having more divisional matchups later in the season. I get that. So I guess I guess I could, I could almost predict Gary's answer is going to be, yeah, but isn't it cool that in the last, you know, 27, 28 games of the season, the Islanders and Rangers are going to play four times? All right, I, I get that. But there's also the 50-plus games they haven't met each other. and and I, But I'm more concerned about why you took divisional games away to make up for the additions of Seattle and Vegas. And, and here's what I would like you to do, Anthony, if you can. Okay. It, it's approaching 1230 Eastern time. That's right. And Gary's going to come on in about three and a half hours. That's correct. So that's plenty of time to really get a lot of people to vote. We've never had a game misconduct poll. Let's have the first one now. Okay. All right. The poll question is, what would you prefer? More games in the division or making sure every team plays in your building. Because that's what it really comes down to, is that they want to make sure that the Edmonton Oilers and, and, and Connor McDavid play in every single building. So let me make sure I got this right. What would you prefer? Right. More games in your division or making sure every team plays each other twice. I guess that's the better way to put it. All right, here we go. Every team well, plays know, I, I, you know, twice. Let me, let me, let me More divisional games, one. every team plays twice. Oh, yeah, no, don't don't put it that way because um, the, then they'll confuse people because you play three times against the other division. That, that every team plays in every building. I guess that's the better way to put it, that every team plays in every building. And then I think that's pretty self-explanatory because then we can actually say, hey, Gary, we had you know X amount of people voted and they believe that you want more divisional games. So I think that's the better way to phrase it. I think that could be a lot of fun to be able to have some evidence because I think I would. You'd rather have more divisional games, right? 
Like more games against the Islanders and the Flyers and the Devils if you're a Ranger fan. If you're a Devil fan, when you want more games against Ovechkin, uh, teams within your division, then, oh, we got to, you know, the Kraken have to come to, to the Rock every year, you know. Uh, do you realize, I think it was last year or maybe the year before, they took one of the Battle of Alberta games away. Yeah. You know, and, and so 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 Calgary and Vancouver are going to play three times instead of four just so that you can make more room for the games against Vegas and Seattle. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, and listen, will that suck? I'm, I'm sure because I know it was a big deal years ago when I did NHL Live. It's like it's you know, there was a one year that Sidney Crosby and the Penguins didn't go to Western Canada for like one year. and they flipped out is like we want to see Sidney Crosby and the Penguins in Vancouver. I get, but it's one game. It's one game that benefits the twenty some odd people that are in the building on that night. But to take away a game, a divisional game that everybody's going to be able to enjoy. Now, granted, I don't. You know, if you're going to take a divisional game away, if I'm a Ranger fan, you know, take one of the Blue Jacket games away. What right. do I care? You know, there's always going to be one divisional matchup where you're like, I don't care. But for the most part, you know, if you are in the central, if you're in the um, the central division, I am sure that, you know, you want more games. If you're Dallas, Dallas and Colorado matchups, you want more St. Louis and Chicago matchups, right? Uh, there's And listen, there's certain natural rivalries and there aren't. But I just think to be able to make up ground as well to be able to have more games within your division where you're battling for first place. Don, the um, poll is out. Sense. Yeah, and that gives us a good three-plus hours to really build up the votes, and we can we, we won't be able to present a binder today to Gary Bettman, but we'll be able to at least give him the poll question. Now, the way the poll, unfortunately, works, I had to explain it a little bit. I had to put teams play in every building. Uh, but I did explain it above because you only have 25 characters in the poll itself. Right. So I said, what would you prefer NHL fans, more games against the division or having every team play in every building? And I right. said, vote before Commissioner Bettman joins us at four. You can go check that out, TMKS ESPN on X. Uh, and there might be season ticket holders uh, who say, you know what, I want to I wanna see the stars. I want to make sure that if I, got, if I have a 41-game a plan, I want to know that I'm going to see every single team on that plan. You know, so I can understand a season ticket holder being, boy, I'm really disappointed Edmonton's not coming. Or if you're out west, I'm really disappointed that Boston is not coming this year. I, I get it. But it, it coming at the expense of games within a division and, and toying with, you know, maybe the, the Rangers and Islanders only playing three times or the Flames and the, and the, and the Oilers only playing three times or the, the Kings and the Ducks only playing three times. Just... Doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but uh, listen, this was a long one, but I think it was a fun one. Enjoy the stadium series if you're here in the Tri-State area. Should be a lot of fun. A lot of games on national television this weekend involving some really important playoff teams, so I'm sure when we convene on Monday, we'll be that much closer to the deadline, that much closer to seeing how things are working out. So, buddy, have a great weekend, man. You too, Donnie. And everybody out there, have a great weekend. We'll be back with you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.